everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. Yes, TGIF. Welcome in. Sort of a, I mean, it's it's a wintry looking, but it's not that cold. Just, uh, it was damp early on. Just a gray sort of Friday. Um, start of what, what looks like a sort of a cooler weekend than the weather we've had the last few days. Hopefully weather holds up because we've got baseball and softball this weekend. Um, so hopefully the weather will hold up. Auburn baseball uh, about ready to start its first, first home series of the season uh, as they host Yale. You know, that rivalry goes way, yeah, whatever. But I mean, yeah, hey, for, for, uh, for Yale, they probably feel like, oh man, it's summertime. Uh, no, it, it does get, it gets hot and muggy up in the Northeast, uh, in the summer, but Auburn Yale scheduled to get started at six o'clock tonight. Um, we, we can preview that if we get a chance. Um, we're wide open. We being Bill and Drew today, as I mentioned, Dan is, uh, away with the Troy women's basketball team. And, uh, they were at, uh, App State last night. They are, they're headed over to, uh, to Myrtle Beach. Um, for uh for i believe a sunday and i'm not sure if it's saturday sunday game but dan will be back on monday so it's bill and drew here on the friday edition of the drive here in the wow business studio uh get two months free on super fast business internet when you switch to wow details at switch to wow business.com and hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at kia of auburn on south college and kia of auburn.com kia of auburn where you're always number one, and where uh, they also are the uh, sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the drive text box, and that number is 334-564-1840 in the drive text box uh, sponsored by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. What, you know, we're wide open here on this Friday afternoon. Uh, we will definitely, you know, preview Auburn, Tennessee basketball, huge game tomorrow in Knoxville as Auburn looking to, you know, move one step closer to the SEC regular season title. Um, we, we, we can talk, uh, some football. But, uh, well, first of all, football-related and, and sad news for, um, for, for longtime Auburn football fans as one of, one of a lot of folks, one of, you know, I would say uh, folks who have been fans of Auburn football since the 80s or before, no question an all-time favorite was Lionel Little Train James. The Little Train signed with, with – uh, 
with Doug Barfield in Auburn in, in, in 1980, only played in a couple of games. I will say I, one of the fun experiences in, in my career uh, is, is we came back, uh, my wife and I, uh, we just, just, just gotten married and came to Auburn uh, in time for the 1980 season. And at the time, um, the, the station that I was at was uh, was the flagship station of the Auburn Network. Came to sort of work with the network a little bit. And um, back then, this is way before there was any sports talk. I mean, you'd have some 15, a 15 minute sports cast was as much extended sports talk as there ever was. It wasn't sports talk. It was it was reading the wire. And folks are probably a lot of you are going, what am I talking about? Uh the way we got the news back then was on the teletype. Uh, and we had, you had either the AP or UPI teletype and you'd get, that's how you got your news. Um, we did have, you know, some, uh, satellite news and sports. We were an ABC station. We'd get the news at the top of the hour and then, uh, three times a day, there'd be a three minute sportscast, national sportscast. And we would do like a 15 minute sportscast a couple of times a day. Um, but, but yeah, what, what was great, what I had a great, uh, enjoyment doing, uh, when I came back. I mean, when, it, when I had, uh, been in school, I'd gotten the opportunity to do some, uh, uh, high school and, uh, play by play and, and, and Auburn University baseball play by play. When I came back and was working with the network, um, Finishing up school, um, I got a chance to do JV football. Junior varsity football was was a pretty big deal back then, and in in 1980, uh, Auburn still had. I mean, Auburn had had that unbelievable run of backs. I mean, with with William Andrews who came before James Brooks and Joe Cribbs, uh, and then then Lionel was signed, and and a lot of people. I mean, there was no no big deal about recruiting back then, and Lionel had put together a fantastic career in Albany, Georgia, uh, but but he was five six, so a lot of people just went well. Uh, that was nice, but he probably won't be able to do it against the big boys. Well, he had a fabulous JV season. I I, I got to do the the games. We played teams like. Um, Marion Military, Fort Benning, but then you'd play the Georgia and Alabama JV teams. Uh, you know, I think he only got into a couple of games, um, his freshman year, uh, before, uh, Coach Dye came in and, and, and Lionel became part of a, one of the most unusual backfields you'll ever see. I believe he led the team in rushing in 80, in, in 81 in Coach Dye's first year. Uh, you had uh, Randy Campbell at quarterback. You had Lionel at five six and Auburn running the wishbone. Lionel at five six at one halfback. Uh, Ron O'Neill, who was five nine two fifty at fullback. So Lionel was like five six one sixty at at one halfback the fullback was Ron O'Neill who was like 59250 and then Mike Edwards who had been a receiver was the next best running back that Auburn had and Mike Edwards was 64 and, and like 64185 
So it was the oddest looking wishbone backfield because you had a real tall, thin guy, you had a little bitty guy, and then you had the big, but but not tall, fullback. But they ran the ball, and they ran it well. Uh, yeah, one of the reasons was because um, this was this was Coach Dye's first year, and a lot of players left when Coach Dye came in and was going to change the culture, including the running back that everybody thought was the next one in line for uh, you know for, for from from Andrews Brooks and Cribs. It was going to be Sam DeJarnette, who was from Selma. And he transferred to Southern Miss. And had a pretty good career at Southern Miss. But a lot of folks were dismayed. And it's like, oh, Auburn has no chance. With their best running back gone, they're going to go with this midget, this receiver, and uh, and, and a big guy. But, uh, no, things turned out pretty well. And then, of course, that, that next offseason, the uh, the next signing day, um, Coach Dye in, in, in the class uh, was was Bo Jackson and Tommy Agee and Tommy Powell and uh, Alan Evans and, I mean, Collis Campbell. There were like six very highly thought of running backs in the next class. But Lionel James passing away today at the, uh, at the age of 59. And uh, what, what a great, what a great player he was. I mean, um, number six was uh, just, he 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 was an elect. He was electric with the ball in his hands. Had a, a great career at Auburn. Went on and had a brief but outstanding career in the NFL. Set a record at the time for most receiving yards by uh, a running back. Was a great all-purpose running back in the NFL with the Chargers. So I mean, sad sad news with the passing of Lionel James, who after his coaching, um, excuse me, after his playing career, came back to Auburn and was an assistant at Auburn um, and got it, got his degree after his playing days and then was an assistant, uh, I believe, under Terry, under Terry Bowden. So, uh, yeah, just just uh, really, really sad news today with the passing uh, of definitely an Auburn legend in, in Lionel James. 334-321-1390. Um, we welcome your calls, anything on your mind. If you want to talk about, you know, if you've got some Lionel James memories, um, or, you know, I was, I was thinking about this. Lionel was supposedly too little. Auburn had some, some guys that just didn't fit what you thought of as that's not what a, whatever a, you know, for Lionel is not, that's not what you would expect an SEC running back to look like. I remembered about the same time they had a guy that didn't look like what an SEC center was supposed to look like either, and and a guy by the name of Charles Barkley. I mean, uh, just some amazing man. There was some um, just an amazing uh, collection of athletes at Auburn at that time, and 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 also at Auburn at that time. Uh, I've never called him amazing, but but another athlete at Auburn at that time is joining us on the phone. No, his his wife was the the more amazing athlete, and probably and still probably is. I'm sure. Tex, hey Tex, how you doing? Oh, thanks for cheering me up, John. <laughs> hey man, I'm giving you the credit. I mean, look, you you were you were you were an an, an SEC athlete at Auburn. I mean, you were well, you weren't Charles, you weren't Bo, you weren't Lionel, you weren't Cindy. But I mean, come on. <laughs> I told the story the other day about how we used to go in on off days into the old wreck and scrimmage with three-on-three three with some of the ladies' team 
And uh, one day, Cindy brought in Lori Monroe and Becky Jackson. That's not fair. And I remember that's not well, fair. Rodney Dollar. <laughs> I was going to say, first of all, they had a huge height advantage over you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, Rodney Dollar said, "Man, no problem. We got this." I'm yeah. Like, what in the heck are you talking? Had he about? been? Had they he been to wore, any games? <laughs> they wore us out. Yeah. It was hilarious. So, uh, man, it gets difficult when you hear of people uh, in your from your era when you were in school that are that are passing away. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Uh, my, I mean, when when folks that are you know they're they're, they're younger than me that are gone, and yeah. it's like, yeah. And by the way, you better be careful. I got a picture of you back from '82, uh, kind of uh, in in the background, kind of looking like a cross between. Uh, never mind, I'm not going to say porn star. Uh, and uh, and the guy, uh, not you know, Hawaii. you know, you know who Dan thought I looked like in that picture. Who? Swear who? He, he said he said you looked like Paul McCartney in the Beatles in, in that Beatles. Well, that's movie. true. Yeah, you you He's did. Like, so, wow, man, that's so sad. Anyway. That's sad. <laughs> So anyway, uh, my first remembrance of Lionel James is walking into Sewell Hall for dinner. Uh, he's sitting at the same table with Ron O'Neill, and I just go, "Man, that offensive guard is sitting with one of the uh, Water Boys the team managers." <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and then you go, oh, "This is Lil Train," and you went, "Oh my gosh, I'm sorry." I, I, my first impression was not, you know, that's the guy. The other thing is that probably a lot of people don't remember is most JV games were played on Sunday. Yeah. That's and, right. And it was really That's right. In case, yeah, so so you'd have guys, if they didn't play the day before, because you could only play in a total number of games, the, the, the total number of games that the varsity had scheduled. Well, I will tell you, I remember Lionel James. I can't remember the game early on in his wishbone career where a defensive tackle got by and he was supposed to cut the linebacker. He bumped the defensive tackle, and the tackle got off balance. And uh, the, I don't remember. Maybe they ran a counter or something. And uh, he also got to the linebacker and cut the linebacker. And they got a first down, and everybody's high-fiving him. Well, sort of high-fiving him. And, and it was just kind of funny just to see a guy that was that tough. Mm-hmm. But I... I also think that those guys back that day were extremely tough. Randy Campbell, you mentioned him. By the way, you're being really kind to say O'Neill was was two fifty. <laughs> well, that's uh, what he was listed at. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're real kind. Uh, but I mean, Randy Campbell couldn't have been a hundred. Oh, Randy was one sixty. I think. I think he was about one sixty. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, he would. He never hesitated if it was there to 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 pull it out and take it up the field and get hit. Lionel never shied away from contact. No, not at all. And he's he's one of the nicest guys that you could have ever met. Also, so it's a, it's a shame that we've lost him. And when when guys that are from your era, but they were kind of like your heroes because mm-hmm. he was kind of like the underdog. Oh yeah, literally. You you the stark difference that you mentioned about the backfield. Uh, I remember times being in the student section and looking and going. And who's who's the third running back? And then realizing O'Neill was standing in front of Lionel, and you <laughs> literally couldn't see. Him. Yeah. So, but uh, it, it was. And then when he got a chance to play with Bo, it it was really good. Yeah. What so, a great what a great uh, combo they were with Tommy Agee then at fullback. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Now Tommy Agee may have been two two thirty. 
Now, Tommy, Tommy was the guy that he was the most normally built tailback of the three. You know, I mean, he looked more like a tailback. Bo, uh, Bo was just bigger. I mean, you know, Bo was like you took a a good sized running back and just uh, you know you zoomed in on it a little bit more. Uh, whereas Ag Ag was more you know six foot two ten something like that. I mean, about the norm. But man, he was he was a vicious blocker too. So uh, just so you know, when you, you mentioned comparing Cindy and myself, we've mentioned many a times we play pickleball. We were playing last night together, and I hit the two shots at the end of the game to to win the match. Played pretty well. We come off, and there was a new person there, uh, and she walked down and walked straight up to Cindy and goes. It is such a joy to watch someone so athletic like you play. <laughs> I'm just going, well, hello. <laughs> you know, uh, but she's way better athlete than me, and I'm 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 not too proud to admit that. So, all right, man. I just you started talking, and I just going to games on Sundays oh, yeah. uh, and watching in JV play. My favorite was against Fort Benning because the age difference was could have could have been twenty eight to eighteen, right? You know? uh, so it, it, it was fun. It's a great time. He will be missed. He, he was a great Auburn person. And uh, every, if you ever get a chance to go back and look at his film, if you don't know who we're talking about, go look. With and, the with uh, the uh, with with the sleeves flapping. Yeah, you know that that's what I, I can see him running with the sleeves flapping. Number six yeah. with the sleeves flapping. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. It, it, it made my drive home. Great. I, it, was, it was quite enjoyable. Appreciate it, Tex. All right. All right. Thanks, man. We'll get to our first break here. We, we had Ed. Ed, if you get a chance, give us a call back. We're going to, uh, uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear some of the interviews we had yesterday, a fun show yesterday with Sonny Smith, Zepp Jasper, Chris Doring. We'll, uh, we'll run some of those again, but your calls come first. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind, sports-wise, here just underway on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Drew here in the WOW Business Studio taking your calls, questions, comments, 334-321-1390. Yeah, just uh, reminiscing a little bit there in the opening segment uh, about Lionel James, who passed today at the age of 59. Um, The uh, just reading from the from the Auburn release that was sent out earlier today, um, uh, just some of the things that I was uh, remembering right, he did lead the Tigers in rushing in 1981 in Coach Dye's first season. Uh, he is number 18 on Auburn's career rushing list, and really only played three seasons because, like I said, in his in his, uh, I believe he had two carries as a freshman, playing primarily on the uh, the JV team. But he's fourth all time in yards per carry at 6.14 yards per carry. Uh, that's tremendous for a career. Led Auburn in all-purpose yards in 1981 and 82. Inducted into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame in 2006. Yeah, he weighed 150 as a freshman. 5'6", 150. Uh, and then was was tough. I mean, he was really tough, as Tex was saying. And uh, just just uh, 
such a a fun person, but a but such a fun player to watch. And uh, uh, 1987, Auburn named its uh, offensive MVP permanently the Lionel James Offensive MVP Award. Like I said, he played five seasons with the Chargers. Set an, uh, at the time an NFL record with 2,535 all purpose yards, was named the Chargers' most valuable player in 85, led the team in rushing, receiving, kickoff, and punt return yardage. Yeah, he was, he was something. Uh, he led the AFC with 86 receptions, and I believe that was a 14 game season. Uh, and set the NFL record at that time for receiving yards by a running back with 1,027. So, uh, yeah, and he was on the Auburn staff under Terry Bowden in 1996 and 97. So, uh, uh, yeah, Lionel Little Train James, um, Auburn legend passing away. Um, obviously, the big thing this weekend for everyone, Auburn-related, the biggest is Auburn basketball at Tennessee up in Knoxville. Auburn has played extremely well against Tennessee recently. Um, Bruce Pearl has has really been able to, uh, um, you know, win some big ball games. Uh, you know, as 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 I heard a couple of folks talking about. I mean, last year with uh, Jamal Johnson running the point, the Tigers able to knock off Tennessee. This is a this is a very very good defensive Tennessee team. One thing that maybe. Um, you know, one thing I like about the matchup going in, I'm not seeing many people giving Auburn a shot. I mean, Auburn people are. But nationally, just about everybody is saying, here's where Tennessee is going to expose Auburn. Auburn is, And, and the Tigers have lost two straight on the road. And Tennessee should be a more difficult task. And you look at how they handled Kentucky at home just a week and a half ago. So... Uh, we, we will see, but, um, this is, uh, this is going to be a huge ball game. Couple of just tremendous ball games in the SEC tomorrow. The top two teams in the league, at least in the national rankings, are at the next two teams in the rankings as, uh, number three, Auburn at number 17, Tennessee. Number six, Kentucky at number 18, Arkansas. And I wouldn't be surprised if either or both lost tomorrow. So, uh, so I mean, those are a couple of, couple of very interesting ball games in the Southeastern Conference tomorrow. We'd love your thoughts on that. If we get a chance, I'll tell you what we will do in a few minutes. We'll rerun our interview with Zepp Jasper. Uh, Zepp with, with his best offensive game of the year. On Wednesday night against Ole Miss, a team high 15 points. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it leading up, but Zepp saying he got some encouragement from both Steven and, and then, uh, Bruce Pearl to go ahead and, and shoot the ball, be confident, take the shots when he's got them. He's a good shooter. I mean, as, um, may have surprised some folks, but if you look at the numbers from a year ago when he was at the College of Charleston, he was nearly a 40% three-point shooter and led the team in scoring at the College of Charleston. Came to Auburn as a, you know, a, a very unselfish team-oriented player. And, you know, he's, he's sort of taken a back seat, preferring to make his mark on defense. And, 
uh, protecting the basketball. He had a run of over a month, or I guess I guess it was right at a month, without a turnover. And that's amazing for a guard to go that long without a turnover. He did have a couple of turnovers the other night, but again, four of five from three-point range and 15 points. So if we get an opportunity, we'll, we'll rerun the interview with Zepp uh, here in just a little while. So, uh, but, but we love your thoughts. What do you think about Auburn, Tennessee coming up tomorrow up in Knoxville? Uh, I think, you know, Auburn, Auburn's going to need another solid performance. They're going to need, they're going to need the guards to play well. Tennessee is really going to try to pressure, uh, the guards again. They, they'll have a little bit of a size advantage over the Auburn guards. You'd love to see Katie Johnson be able to, you know, sort of break out of his shooting slump. Because KD was a guy that was, uh, he was close to a 40% three-point shooter a year ago at Georgia. And now he's under 30% shooting threes at Auburn this year. So, you know, he's due. But, I mean, Auburn needs something like KD Johnson to step up or Alan Flanagan. They need somebody like that to step up. They need, they need Zepp to continue to be able to help out offensively. Uh, Wendell Green, who, Got off to a quick start the other night, then tailed off a little. Uh, need him to, you know, continue because Auburn's got the advantage around the basket. Tennessee, you know, appears to have the advantage in the backcourt. And that's where Auburn can't let that be a decided disadvantage for them. So, uh, so yeah, that, that will be great tomorrow, three o'clock from Thompson Bowling. And, uh, this will be the most hostile environment that Auburn will see for the rest of the year because there are 22,000 seats there. I know there will be as many Auburn fans as can get as could get tickets in there, but they're going to still be outnumbered at least 10 to one. And when you get into the postseason, you're not going to be playing strictly on somebody else's home court with their home crowd there. So this will be, I think the, the toughest atmosphere that Auburn will see for the rest of the year. If they can come out of that with a win tomorrow, then then that could be something that could really, really propel them into the postseason. All right, we're approaching our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline as we continue here on the Friday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill here in the Wild wow Business Studio, Drew at the controls, and we'll get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. And Ben is up first. Hey, Ben. Hey, how are y'all? Doing fine. Just wanted to share one of my favorite Lionel memories. It was frustrating, but it was a great memory. Was, and I think it was 84, uh, playing Southern Miss. It was right before the uh, end of the first half, and Southern Miss uh, had punted the ball deep, and I think we had it on the one-yard line, and you know time was running out, and they just ran a dive play in the middle, and everybody is the best blocked play I've ever seen in football anywhere. But Lionel busted through the line, and it seemed like he had the entire offense lead block, leading down the field, and it was all of them and one safety who just kept backpedaling, and he. Uh, I don't know, maybe about the 50-yard line or something. He waited till one of our, uh, the lead blockers got up, and he turned real quick, and you know, and the uh, officials called clipping. It wasn't clipping, nah. but it it would have set, uh, it would have broken the the record at the time for the longest run from uh, scrimmage, and uh, and I, like I said, I think it was on the one-yard line, so he it, his name would have been in the record books forever. So yeah, I uh, I, I didn't but, remember how long. I I, I remember the play. Yeah. I do. I. I I don't remember if it would have been 90. It was either 98 or 99. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He, cu- he could cut so quickly uh, is, yeah. is, is, what, is what made him such a great return guy as well. Mm-hmm. I was also remembering, yeah, he was, he was uh, recruited to play uh, basketball in the SEC. And, and uh, people thought that was a joke. But, no, he was uh, – when, when Tex was talking about playing pickup basketball, yeah, I was, I was wondering if he was going to talk about Lionel because Lionel was legendary – um, over around the Coliseum in pickup games. Yeah, I, I used to uh, uh, officiate uh, in, uh, intramural games back then and call some that, that he played in. He, he could play. Uh, anyway, just wanted to share those those memories. Great call, Ben. Appreciate it. 334-321-1390. Back to the phone, and John is up next. Hey, John. Bill, how are you? Doing fine. Good. Hope I don't lose. I'm on 2059 between Tuscaloosa and Birmingham, but I heard the news about Lionel James. And uh, two things that I'll always remember till my dying day was the was the 81 Tennessee game and Bron O'Neill, who I thought was the leading rusher on that team until you told me differently. But I always remember I was a student at Tennessee at the time for a variety of reasons, but always a big Auburn fan. And when the clock ran out and Ron O'Neill went down the field, down the field, and I don't remember how long that last drive was, but it had to be seven or eight minutes, and Auburn probably had the ball for 15, 16 plays, and they just ran out of time on about the Tennessee, I don't know, five, six-yard line. And then the next, the Lionel James memory, I'll always remember the 87-yard run against Georgia. Yep. And it was about 10 minutes to go, and Auburn was down 10 to 7, and that play went berserk. And it was the loudest I can remember until Alabama came to town. In 89. Eight years later, yeah. seven years later, whatever it was. But when he broke that run around the right side, and I was sitting with my future wife, and we had crammed her uncle in there, and we could barely see, but he went around the right end of the – and he was gone. And it was just – it was electric until Georgia got the ball back and Herschel Walker drove the ball right down our throat. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn had done such a great job and did a great job against Herschel. As a matter of fact, I was just showing Drew, our producer, I was showing him that run here just a few minutes ago. It was just, and he was just, you know, it was, 
the five years he got out of the NFL were the most incredible five years. I wasn't a Charger fan. I was a Raider fan. Me but, too. Uh, he, he was just, he was so tough. He was a killer and, to the Raiders too. He, he beat uh, them. I remember him beating them in overtime. Yeah. 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 And he just, but you know, you could, he was one of those guys that nobody, you, you could not pull for. I don't care who he played for. Even if he played for the Chiefs, I would have pulled for Oh, him that would have been tougher. Been, You're right. Oh, that would But, been uh, but just great memories. Those, I'll always remember those. Those just, you know, in the, in the heart of the 81 team, but Ron O'Neill and just running the ball, lining up at the fullback, and you're right, 250, 260, whatever he weighed, and it kept handing the ball to him, handing the ball to him, and the dadgum clock just ran out. But, uh, well, you know, Ron O'Neill probably would have led that team in rushing if he could have kept away from the leg cramps. Remember, he kept, he kept having leg cramps and having to be worked right. on, it seemed like, every game. Over on That's the right. sideline. I had forgotten about it. You're right. You're right. So, But quick note about tomorrow's game. I hope if Arkansas can beat Kentucky tomorrow, then by the time Auburn tips off, they'll know they got a chance mm-hmm. to at least clinch a tie for right. the championship if they could beat Tennessee and Arkansas does their part. So that would be really awesome. So, Great call, John, man. Be careful. Bill, thank you so much. Absolutely. Man, some great memories there. Uh, yeah, if, if you have some memories of, of Lionel James, uh, what, what a you know great way to uh, get them out there, and, and we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Uh, speaking of football, there are a couple of things that uh, I, I wanted to... Uh, um, wanted to mention that we've, you know, we've heard, I, I heard some talk a little earlier, you know, we're, we're getting closer two weeks from Monday is the start of spring football. And, uh, obviously Auburn's not going to be able to add any more players here through, um, um, before spring training. They're looking to add some players as we move through. But one thing that I don't know that if I, I don't know if I've mentioned this, uh, over the last uh, week, but there are a few of the guys who, we had heard either had heard had entered the portal or have entered the portal. Uh, and I think there's a little confusion from folks thinking that that, that means that they are no longer in school at Auburn. Um, but, you know, we, we've heard that Joko Willis is not only in school at Auburn, but he's working out with the team. So that sounds, I, I don't know that he ever got in the portal. Maybe he had thought about doing it. But then didn't. But it appears that that since he's working out with the team, there's a better than decent chance that he'll be back with the team. And we've also heard that a couple of other guys who are in school. And again, I, I try to explain to people it's not unusual for players to to be in school because they need to pass a certain number of hours to be eligible, whether they're going to be you know at at their school that they've been at or at some place else. But a couple of the guys, um, Javarius Johnson, uh, uh, you know, folks have seen him around campus. Don't believe he's working out with the team. I think he's still planning on making some visits. But he, you know, I I would still say you can't rule out the possibility of him maybe uh, returning to the team. And then then there's the strange situation that nobody really seems to know what the status of uh, Marquise Robinson, the big defensive lineman, is because it was reported, you know, he, he entered the transfer portal and uh, it was reported that he committed to Missouri and he was going to go uh, join Ian Matthews, uh, the uh, another former Auburn defensive lineman. You know, they were both freshman uh, defensive linemen this year that he would be joining Ian Matthews at Missouri. Well, um, 
Missouri folks, uh, I looked on a, I saw somebody pointing me to a Missouri message board where they say he's, he was listed as, um, accepted by Missouri, but has not been seen at Missouri working out. And other folks say, well, they, they believe he's still in school at Auburn. So, I mean, who knows what's going on there? Uh, and he very well may be at Missouri this fall, but, you know, maybe not. Just sort of stay tuned. 334-321-1390. Who do, oh, Philip was up next. Hey, Philip. Hey, Bill. How are you? I'm doing fine. I was just thinking back on Lionel and, and Mama being in the athletic department. She always said that infectious smile he had was was uh, one of her favorite things about him and, and just how good a guy he was. Right. Oh, everybody loved Lionel. Yeah, the the, the memory I had was in Athens when Jim Pice called uh, having having uh, Lionel score there towards the end of the game. I can't remember what year it was, but saying that uh, sugar cubes are falling. Oh, the sugar's sky. falling from the this, sky. Yes. Yeah, this time it's not black and red. It's orange and blue. Right. So, uh, that was, uh, I was there. I didn't get to hear the call originally. Uh, yeah, but. neither did I. You're right. <laughs> anyway. But it was one of his famous ones. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that, that guy will be missed for sure. Yeah, no question. No question. Philip, good hearing from you. You doing all right? Good to talk to you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, that's great. 334-321-1390. Tell you what, uh, we'll get to our final break. If we have a chance, we'll, uh, we'll run some of the Zepp Jasper interview from yesterday when we come back. But we'd love to hear from you here on the Friday Drive. Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one here on this Friday afternoon. Bill Drew here in the Wow Business Studio. And uh, while we've got an opportunity, um, we, we'll get back to your phone calls in a little bit. Want to let you hear some of the comments from uh, Zepp Jasper. I'll tell you what, uh, have we got, uh, we, we got, we got a call? Yeah, I'll tell you what, let, let's get to the phone before we do that, because, uh, yeah, your calls do come first. The Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390, and Julian is up next. Hey, Julian. Hey, Bill. Uh, good afternoon, man. I love your show. I, I have a Lionel James story for you about him playing basketball. I actually played intramural basketball against him. Oh, yeah? In, a, in the intramural championship. We had a team called All the Presidents Men, and they had a team called the Jammers, and they had Lionel played the point or played the two, mm -hmm. whatever. With right. Willie Howell. Remember Willie? Oh, yeah. Sure do. Willie and I think uh, Ed West, Edmund Nelson. And then, uh, I can't remember if Donnie Humphrey had the torn ACL at that time or not. But we played them in the intramural championship in the old building that burned down. But they, uh, Willie Howell hit, a free, hit two free throws with about six seconds left uh, to beat us by one point. Oh man! Yeah, you know, I it's, tell you about, I, go go ahead. I was going to tell you this real quick. The story: that, that a guy from the Jammers took a shot in one corner. Lionel was in the other corner. He had a run at start. The rebound came straight towards him. He caught it, 
looked like about 10 foot above, <laughs> above the goal and just dropped it in the hoop as he's flying through there like Michael Jordan on that wow. dunk he does from the free throw line. He was, I mean, that guy could spring. He was unbelievable. And I was stuck with trying to guard the guy. But we we competed with him, and they Willie hit two free throws. And Willie Howell was a great basketball player, too. I mean, he could play. And but anyway, that was a lot of fun. I thought you'd be interested. Oh yeah, that that's good. great. And and you know, you mentioned Edmund. Uh, uh, Ed Edmund work came and worked for us for a little while at the station at the radio station. He was a major. He was a uh, radio TV uh, major and uh, came and worked and worked some late nights. Called himself Joe Rock. Uh, one Joe of Rock. one of one of the nicest guys. Um, for for a big scary looking fellow. I mean, he was he was such a nice guy. But but yeah, that's, that's great. You know Larry DeShare, right? Oh, yes. We played them in the first round of that uh, intramural tournament, and they had a really good team, too. I can't remember. He had a friend of his from back home that played on that team. Artie, I think, was his name. And we beat them in overtime. That They were the, probably <laughs> – they were so good. And then I think it was the semifinals we played, the ROTC, the Air Force, and a bunch of guys from Best State of Hill. That's back when it – Intramural, you just had the open lead. There was oh yeah, no kidding. And, stuff and all that. I mean, there was some serious basketball being played. You remember a guy named Scott Elliott, by any chance, or Craig Elliott? <sighs> Craig was a big time softball player, and Scott was too. You know, a uh, worldwide softball player. The name yeah. sounds familiar, but yeah, I can't, I can't play, I can't play some right now. Scott, Scott <laughs> played on that intramural basketball team with us, and he. Uh, hey, hey, text, text. By the way, texted and said he ref that game. Your game. Did he really? Y'all play. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. How about that's unbelievable. <laughs> Small world. Yeah, it was a it was a big crowd there. My, my dad uh, was a high school basketball coach. And he he couldn't stand me playing any of that stuff. Besides, you know, he thought it wasn't organized. He actually drove down to watch that game. Wow. <laughs> that was a anyway, a lot of fun. Anyway, no I kidding. Tell Tex, he's probably one that called that foul for Willie Howard <laughs> win the game right there at the end. He probably did. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Bill. Hey, great call. Yeah, this this is uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, so sad at the passing of Lionel James, but it's uh, great bringing back some of the memories from from him and, and different things too. It's, that was cool hearing the the basketball story. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We had a chance to talk with Zepp Jasper a little bit yesterday afternoon. Part of our regular Tiger takes. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, we'll run a little bit of that for you right now. But uh, no better time to be talking with Zepp Jasper than this afternoon after a big win last night. Uh, Zepp, congratulations, man, and uh, congratulations on, on hitting your career high so far as a Tiger. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean a lot. Man, I tell you what, uh, we, we'd been talking about this. I know you said that, uh, you know, Bruce texted you. I was thinking maybe you've been listening to the show because we've been talking about it going, man, he's got a good-looking shot, and he shot nearly 40% from three land, you know, a year ago at the College of Charleston. Um, you got some opportunities last night, and no hesitation, looked very confident, and, uh, man, that was a smooth stroke. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, speaking of last year, um, almost being 40% from the three-point line, um, you know, having a good stroke. Last year, I just think it was, you know, I had to take those shots. This year, I really don't necessarily have to take as many shots as I had to take last year. So, you know, with, with crunch, down, crunch time coming down the stretch, um, I think it's good for me to be aggressive to get my teammates to open it up for my teammates that take a lot of shots. Um, like the guys like Jabari, Wendell, KD, it helps them. It helps those guys so guys can't double-team them. 
Zappa, you know, you talked last night, and, and Bill just mentioned it about about uh, BP texting you earlier in the week about uh, being more aggressive. Uh, I'm curious, did you go into practice, uh, you know, looking for your shot a little bit more? Were you hitting them in practice? Were you hitting them in warm ups like this? Because you you came out last night, and I mean, re- you know, couldn't miss. It looked like from anywhere on the floor that you were shooting. Um. It was it was basically Stephen Pearl too. Um, I okay. said I actually we actually text uh, before me and BP and um, you know Stephen Pearl is always on me about you know being aggressive and um, you know we text earlier during that week and he was just telling me like man be confident man this is the guy I know you can be aggressive I know you, I know you want to be unselfish take those shots you know and um, he always talked to me about you know like I say being aggressive and that that means so much to me with him texting me. It did BP texting me, so as soon as I got the you know those texts from those two, you know, I, I got it, I had it made up in my mind that you know next game I come out, you know, I'm gonna be ready to shoot and be ready to take those shots. And I had practice the whole week on what type of shots I take and when I'm gonna take them, and you know, just be confident in my shot. I believe I can make shots. I believe I can score. I just always been team first guy, so that's that's maybe why I haven't been shooting lately. Right, but now it's time. It's the time and crunch time. Well, you know, it'd be great to have my scoring and great to have my leadership. Yeah, now obviously something that other teams are going to have to be concerned with because it didn't seem like Ole Miss what uh, was that concerned with you until uh, well, I guess even even after you hit the last three, they're still uh, I guess um, not showing you enough respect. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm very I'm very you know cool with Coach Kermit, Coach Kermit Davis. I'm from Ole Miss. Um, he believed in me, and um, you know they, those guys. They just believe, you know, I was a team player, unselfish guy who want to get everybody else involved and, instead of me taking a shot. But you know, as soon as I got that key in my head that you know how he was gonna play defense, um, you know, it was just it was up from there, and um, you know, I just was confident in my shot, and I just took it from there. And you weren't the only one uh, who who got his shot going last night. Wendell hitting his first three from deep. Uh, BP talked about challenging the point guards to play better uh, after kind of the, the the last couple of weeks. Uh, what was it like watching Wendell back in in front of the jungle and back just? I mean, the couple two of those threes he hit, he was about standing on the logo when he pulled up from. What was it like watching him kind of get his confidence back in his shot? Because we we know how dangerous he can be when he, when he gets that going. Well, Wendell's a per score, <laughs> maybe the best score on our team. Um, Wendell does does great things you know I, I didn't think of he was in a slump i just think of he missed a couple shots um down down these couple games but see him you know make those shots get his rhythm back you know that was awesome but i believe in him every game no matter how many shots he missed i don't care if we take 16 shots i believe he can make 16 shots in a row um that's how much confidence i got in him we feed off each other energy and we go from there no question that uh Zepp Jasper is is as much a team player as as you're going to find. I mean, he is uh, he praises all of his teammates so much. He's you know he's very humble when he talks about his own. He, he's confident, but uh, you know he he's not wanting to be. You know he, he doesn't have to be the man. So yeah, if we get a chance, we'll run a little bit more of that a little later. We've also got. Interviews from yesterday with Chris Doring of the SEC Network talking about Ike Hilliard. Yeah, we'd love your thoughts on that. Now you've had a couple of days to let that digest. What do you think about Auburn's latest uh, addition to the football staff? 
and obviously more on Auburn, Tennessee basketball. And if you have some Lionel James memories, the little train passing the day at the age of 59, we're halfway done here on the Friday Drive. Come on in and join us. Sports Leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Friday Drive. Hope everybody doing well, getting ready for the weekend. A uh, big weekend for Auburn basketball with a, a trip to Knoxville, Tennessee tomorrow. We'll talk about that. If we get a chance, we'll let you uh, uh, hear some of the uh, thoughts from Zepp Jasper, our guest yesterday on our Tiger Take segment about the Tennessee matchup. We'd love your thoughts on that as well. Uh, here in hour number two of The Drive, coming to you from the WOW Business Studio. WOW, get two months free on super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Details at switchtowowbusiness.com. In hour number two of The Drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can text us on the drive text box brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And the number to get you through there is 334-564-1840. Spent a good bit of time in hour number one uh, talking about the sad news today uh, that, that Auburn... Uh, legend, the legendary little train, Lionel James passing away after an extended illness. I, I had not realized that, that he was doing poorly. I know a while back, um, I guess a couple of years ago, um, I, he seemed to be struggling, but, uh, looked like things were going better, but had not heard anything in a while. And, and sad to hear the news today that, that Lionel, uh, Lionel James passing away at the age of 59, a, uh, Man, an all-time fan favorite, the undersized, but I mean, heart bigger than than the five six hundred and fifty something pound pound frame that he had. Uh, I mean, what what a great player! Um, and everyone everyone liked him. He was uh, he, as as a couple of folks have said. I mean, always smiling. A great player at Auburn, a great player in the NFL. Not I mean, not just a an okay player in the NFL. He was. He was an All Pro. He was a um, the the Chargers Player of the Year in his second season in the NFL in '85. 
He uh, led the AFC in receiving, set an NFL record for receiving yards, set an NFL record for all-purpose yards, um, just a, 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 an electric, dynamic player was Lionel James. And, yeah, we had some uh, so, some great memories of him as a football player and also uh, as, as, an, as an intramural basketball legend. And a caller is exactly right. He was recruited by some colleges to play guard at five foot six. He was uh he, he was a great athlete. So sad news with the passing of Lionel Little Train James today. So if you've got any memories, you know, of of the little train, we we'd love to hear them as we move on. We've got some some audio um from from yesterday. I'll tell you what, while we have an opportunity here, we'll continue with some of the interview with Zepp Jasper because he gets into some thoughts on Tennessee. Auburn, of course, going in with a one-game lead, three games to play. The Tigers in Knoxville while Kentucky is at Arkansas. And that's basically, um, you know, those are the teams that are trying to um, trying to win at least a share of the SEC regular season title. Uh, so it's going to be a great day of basketball in the SEC tomorrow. But uh, yesterday, yes, we had a chance during our Tiger Takes uh, brought to you by Auburn University Credit Union to spend a little time with Zip. And now uh, we're down to the last three games of the season. Got uh, a tough road trip coming up, starting with a trip to Knoxville on Saturday in a in a huge ball game up there on Saturday afternoon. Uh, just, just talk a little bit about the preparation and um, the, the, again, this is this is a good challenge for the backcourt with Tennessee's guards. Um, no doubt, Tennessee got great guards. We respect them. Uh, they're very handsy. Play great defense. Um, Tennessee is a great team. Um, they do a lot of great things. But um, you know, as we speak, you know, the Auburn guards have been challenged. We have been challenged this week, and we're going to challenge them the same way they challenge us. We have something to prove just like they have something to prove. So I think coming to this game is going to be a crucial game. We have to win this game. And it's nothing else to be said. We have to win no matter what the situation is. Yeah, and and, and we talked to Bruce. Those of us in the media talked to Bruce earlier today, and he mentioned something that stood out to me. He said, "This is beating Tennessee at Tennessee with the stakes involved. He said, it's going to feel like a Final Four game. Um, you guys are trying to close in on a, on a, on a league title, a number one seed. You've got so much in front of you at this point. I just, I'm curious, just how excited are you to play in a game like this? Cause this is going to be the biggest game of the season for you guys so far. And I, I have to imagine when you decided to transfer to Auburn, part of the reason why you came here is to play in games like this one. Um, no doubt. Um, I came here to play in big games. <laughs> As one through fifteen of my teammates, we all prepared for these big games. This is what we live for. Um, we settle for nothing less. You know, we're Auburn. We're gonna play like we're Auburn. We're rank high. We know everybody's gonna give it their best. So each time we step on the court, we have to be ready to lace our shoes just like that. the other team lace their shoes. But we have to be the ones who end the game and win the game. Yeah. That being said, I mean, you've played in a couple of pretty. Uh loud places obviously it's great playing at home in front of the jungle and the kind of noise but they know when to make the noise uh when when you're on the road like you were at Fayetteville and then down at Gainesville earlier this year in Tuscaloosa you had some great atmosphere so that probably I would think would uh, would help you as you go into Knoxville this weekend oh no doubt you know we didn't play in some tough atmospheres um this season um it helped us out um easy 
Um, like I said, it's going to be very hard to play in um, Tennessee and Knoxville. Um, like I said, those guys can come out and play hard. Those guys got something to prove. They want to win. Uh, they want to show out. They're one of the best teams in the SEC too, just like us. So you know they're gonna they're gonna come out with great great effort, great defense, and just you know they're gonna try to start off fast. But we got to start off fast more more with more energy, more enthusiasm, and you know just go out there and play hard. Now, Zep, so far, I mean, it, it has been great. It's good, uh, good to see the. Um, you get the opportunity and take advantage of it last night. I know it had been frustrating for you for a couple of games. seemed like you picked up a couple of quick fouls and really couldn't, you know, get into the rhythm. And last night uh, uh, it was great to, to get that opportunity to get extended minutes without having to worry about foul trouble. Um, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, the last couple of games it's been, you know, cheek-taggy fouls, and I just I didn't understand uh understand the rest on why, you know, they would call those type of fouls on me when some of them, they wasn't even fouled. So, you know, it just felt good to get a rhythm and just get to stay out there and have my confidence super high. Um, I think last night game, you know, it gave me a confidence boost on these next couple of games. I, I think I'll be aggressive and, you know, show people, you know, I can do more than just teaching. Zepa, a lot of people have been talking recently about Alan Flanagan, and he's given you guys a ton on defense, but you can tell on offense he's getting a little frustrated. His his, his numbers aren't where they usually are. I'm just curious, what do you tell a guy like that, or what are, what are you as, as teammates trying to do to kind of pick him up? Because uh, we all know he's got a ton of talent, but you know it just hasn't quite broken through for him that yet on that end of the floor. Well, um, I always tell him. You know, I always think Allen is still one of the best players in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I always tell him to come. I always believe in him. I, I tell him, man, no matter how many shots you do, no matter whatever happens, happens. Just play. Just play with confidence. No matter what happens, go out there and be yourself. Nobody can stop you but you. So um, I told him, I told him um, yet last night, like, don't worry, man. Don't get frustrated. I want you. I want you to be you. And um. You know, he's been helping us out a lot on defense. And, you know, I just I just respect Allen, you know, coming from his injury. You know, it's kind of tough for him. And he get a lot of frust- – he get frustrated a lot. Zepp, uh, again, congratulations on the on the game last night, the win. Uh, one game closer to an SEC regular season title. We really appreciate you spending a little time with us and, uh, and wish you guys the best of luck up in Knoxville on Saturday. Thank you. Thank you all. All right. Well, hey, before you go, one more time, let everybody know how they can follow you. All right. On my Twitter account, it's R-I-P underscore Q-U-A-N-5. My Instagram handle is R-I-P underscore Q-U-A-N-12. Zepp Jasper, who uh, joined us yesterday, of course, he and the team up in Knoxville. Tigers, Vols tomorrow, 3 o'clock tip with a lot, lot on the line for both teams. Uh, you know, Auburn could still win the SEC, even with a loss, because as uh, as we were talking in the first hour, I mean, if Kentucky loses to Arkansas, Auburn would still keep a one-game lead, even if they lost there. But uh, if you want to keep, you want to stay on the one line, you want to stay a one seed, then uh, it might be, you know, you probably have to do a little climbing back in the SEC tournament uh, if you lose tomorrow, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'd love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports wise? You want to talk a uh, little football? I'd love to get thoughts from folks on the Ike Hilliard addition to the Auburn football staff. 
Auburn does really appear to be, you know, one of the things we'd said was, you know, we don't know about his recruiting because he hasn't been a college coach. But there's no question that Auburn really appears to be much more active in recruiting with offers going out to a lot of players um, over the last couple of weeks. So we'll see as the uh, as the Tigers get ready. And I would imagine they would like, uh, um, we're hearing there's going to be a big, a uh, big weekend or a big day at least the first Saturday of spring practice, which starts on March 14th. So, uh, so we'll we'll be getting word on that and much more as the as the Tigers head up toward the start of spring ball. But we'd like to know what you think about the addition of Ike Hilliard uh, and the Tigers staff as uh, they head into the spring. And of course, any uh, uh, any more memories of Lionel James? Your thoughts on basketball. Auburn baseball will uh, get underway. Hopefully the weather will hold up. I think we're done with the rain for today. Uh, It's just going to be a little chilly, but that's what you expect for an opening weekend. It seems like with Auburn baseball, it's got to be chilly. It's not going to be as cold as we've seen sometimes, but I think once it gets dark, uh, temperature's going to drop a good bit. I think the low is supposed to be in the 40s tonight. Maybe it'll be in the 50s. Uh, during the ball game this evening as Auburn and Yale start a three-game set. Tomorrow going to be a little warmer. I think Sunday there's a chance of rain again. So uh, just, you know, hopefully uh, the the rain will hold up and they'll be able to get three games in. Auburn baseball, I think, going to be a fun team to watch this year. Tell you what we'll do. We'll go ahead and get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. Uh, if we don't have calls, um, I, we'll, uh, think we'll let you, uh, hear our conversation with Chris Doring of the SEC Network. We had a chance to talk with him a little yesterday as well. Uh, but again, your calls come first as we continue here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Friday Drive. Bill and Drew here in the Wild Business Studio. We were talking as we uh, went into the last break. Yes, love your thoughts on Auburn's adding Ike Hilliard, the former Florida uh, star who was a first-round NFL draft pick and then long time in the NFL as a player and coach to the Auburn staff as wide receivers coach. And we had the opportunity to spend a little time with Chris Doring himself, former Florida star, and now with the SEC Network, and asked him about Auburn and Ike Hilliard. Uh, um, Ike Hilliard, uh, folks there at Auburn are getting a, a quality guy, uh, you know, a great teammate of mine at Florida, showed up as a freshman in 1994 and played immediately, was a, a big part of our success that year and the next couple years after that. Uh, but just a, a, a great friend and, and, and really mature approach to the game and you know i I, i'm I'm sure that's kind of the uh the way that he's approached his coaching career obviously the majority of it being at the national football league level but um i go back and look at my my career at florida at the nfl the reason i was able to have so much success 
was because I was taught the little little things, the nuances of playing the wide receiver position, everything from from shoulder lean to getting your head around out of the break and the way you pump your arms at the top of the route. I mean, so many different things that I think a lot of other people haven't been taught the same way. And um, I know that that attention to detail is something that Ike uh, has passed along to his receivers that he's coached over the years. So I go back and look at, you know, there's been a lot of talented players at Auburn at the receiver position in recent history. But to me, it was more about guys just being superior athletes, whether you look at, at Anthony Schwartz being the, the burner that he was or Seth Williams being a, a freak. I, I didn't see those guys really using a lot of the, the technique that I'd like to see uh, really well-refined receivers using. And so I, I know Ike will bring that to the folks in, in Auburn going forward. Chris, I, you know, for, for somebody like me, and I'm probably sure some people listening are a little young to remember uh, the playing days at, at Florida, um, can you kind of talk about you know who Ike Hillier was as a wide receiver, like kind of his game from your perspective, and and playing you know with a guy like him? Uh, he obviously had a ton of success with you guys down in Florida. Yeah, you know, I think um, the 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 unique thing about Ike is that he could do it all. You know, he had the spur uh, the speed to take the top off. You know, track the deep ball really well. He could go up and get it if he needed to. But he also operated in the slot quite a bit. You know, a lot of what he did was some of the similar stuff that I did as well, you know, working at, at one of the two slot positions. And so uh, he does have the ability to, to teach kind of everything across the board. And, and, you know, in a day and age, when we were in college, we were going four and five wide receivers on first down. Uh, that wasn't being done a lot. Now it's a, a common thing in college and in the NFL, but at the time, you know, it really wasn't something that was prevalent in college football. And so we got a chance to do everything, and I think that helped us be more well-rounded in terms of, of our abilities and obviously now what what uh, what I can teach as a guy that's really experienced all of those positions. And I'll take you back. I, I had more respect when I played for guys that had actually done it at that level, whether mm-hmm. it was Dwayne Dixon, our receiver coach at Florida, a guy that played at, at, at Florida, played in, in the Arena League for a long time, or – at the National Football League level, a guy like Kenny Jackson was my receiver, the Penn State great when I was at at uh, Pittsburgh, played the NFL for a long time. Uh, Bill Cower, another former player that moved into the coaching ranks. I think you have instant credibility when you've actually done it at that level as opposed to somebody that's just telling you because they've heard that what that's what needs to be done. Chris Doring of the SEC Network on the drive here. Bill, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. That's, that's the younger one. I do remember you playing, Chris. It's like, I'm, I'm definitely a little older. And Chris, Chris, by the way, was the big slot. Uh, he was, he was definitely, uh, the larger of the two mm-hmm. than, uh, than, than Ike. Um, yeah, Chris, while we got you, I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, we're getting close here to the start of spring practice and there are stories all over this league. I mean, you've got so many, uh, you, you have questions for a lot of teams. Georgia, of course, the defending national champs. Um, these days with the, with the transfer portal, rosters change and can change so drastically. Um, who are some of the teams that, that you're really interested in that you think either, uh, can take a big step or you're concerned that they could, could actually take a step backwards as we head into the spring? You know, I'm really excited about this year is Kentucky. Uh, I know Kentucky took a big step last year, but you go back and look at how active they've been in the recruiting, uh, not only in the uh, the signing class. I mean, they, their signing class, Missouri and, and, and Kentucky finish ahead of Tennessee and Florida in the East in recruiting. That, uh, I don't know if we've ever heard that before. No. Uh, but you look at how Kentucky's 
uh, upgraded their team over the last couple of years through the transfer portal. Uh, Wanda Robinson was a tremendous addition last year. Uh, obviously, lo- losing Liam Cohen uh, is going to hurt their passing game, but uh, I do think that they've established themselves as a legitimate landing place for top-tier talent that wants to come play in the SEC. Mark Stoops has done a great job there of building a culture that has produced uh, a winning uh, program, and they, they expect to win going forward. So I'm, I'm excited about uh, what they can do going forward. I look at my alma mater, I'm a little nervous about uh, what Billy Napier's job is ahead of him, trying to get Florida back to, to where you know we typically were back in the day. But um, the schedule doesn't help with uh, Florida always having to play LSU as a crossover, uh, playing a much improved SEC East uh, uh, schedule, and then having Utah to open the season. So uh, it's going to be a, a rough welcome for, for Billy Napier to Gainesville in the SEC. Um, but I, I just, you know, I think it's going to be the same same teams that we always look at heading into the year, Georgia and Alabama. I don't know that anybody reloads as well as Alabama does, and they get a lot of, of uh, young, experienced uh, guys that, that, that were inexperienced last year come back with a, a much higher level of experience this coming up season. Um, but uh, I think Texas a and is another team that kind of mm-hmm. intrigues me with the recruiting class they had and, and um, you know going forward getting uh, a couple transfers at the quarterback position, in, in, including – um, a guy that, that played significant time at, at LSU the last couple years, too. So I, I just uh, – the SEC is always going to be competitive. I think you look in the West and the floor has significantly been raised with the improvement of, of Arkansas the last few years with Mississippi State, with Ole Miss. So uh, I, it's going to be a, a meat grinder in the league and specifically in that division going forward. Yeah, and just wait. We get to add Texas and Oklahoma at some point. I, <laughs> I, can't, I kept thinking it was going to be sooner than later, but whatever. We're still going to add those two before too long. Uh, you mentioned LSU. That I mean, the Brian Kelly hire at LSU was the one that just stunned me. Yeah, I, I, that kind of came out of nowhere, uh, didn't it? And, and then to, uh, to see some of the struggles that he had in terms of of hiring a staff initially and and um you know obviously we've had a lot of fun with him in the off season with some of the <laughs> the uh right. the accent and the the uh, recruiting videos and everything else but uh he's an established uh successful coach and it really this this reminds me of what happened in SEC basketball a couple over the last couple of years i mean there are so many really good coaches with great mm-hmm. resumes that are, are now in this league, and, and it's just uh, it's a who's who of, of college coaches. And I, I love it. It's a very different approach than what Lincoln Riley took. Lincoln Riley going out to the Pac-12 there where there's not a lot of competition. I love the, the attitude, at least, from Brian Kelly saying, hey, I want to go test my wares at uh, the most difficult conference to win in the entire country and, and do it in the most difficult division in, in the country there in the SEC West. Well, I think the East is better than it has been, too. You talked about Kentucky. Tennessee, I thought, with Josh Heupel last year, was a surprise at, at how competitive they were as quickly. You know what? That was a surprise to me as well. I've been involved in uh, creating the, the Steve Spurrier uh, First-Year Coach of the Year Award, which we uh, actually just gave out at the banquet here in Gainesville on Monday night, and it went to co-recipients in uh, Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer. Both of those mm-hmm. those programs were picked to be at the bottom right there above uh, Vanderbilt, both of them having winning seasons, both of them exceeding expectations. Uh, so I, I can't say enough about both of those programs. But what a great job, you know, uh, Josh Heupel did in, in, in making the change to, to go to Hinton Hooker and Hinton Hooker being 
the guy that really fit well into that offense, getting him back for another year, uh, having another year in general with that entire team uh, under uh, under the, the, the belt and, and specifically on the offensive side of what Coach Heupel wants to do. Uh, I, I it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, you know going forward with some some positivity on the field. It seems like Tennessee's dealt with so much negativity for the mm-hmm. last decade, whether it be athletic directors going in and out the door, or whether it's been some of the the uh, Jeremy Pruitt stuff or recruiting violations. So uh, having the kind of year that they had last year, getting to that uh, what seven win mark, right. I certainly think it's a great uh, jumping off place for them to to, to build on that momentum. Mentioned the transfer portal a little while ago. The transfer portal and name, image, and likeness have forever changed college football. I mean, it's it's not going to be there. There are a lot of you know longtime fans that long for the old days. It's not going to be like that. Uh, and it, but but you better be with it. I know that was a concern from some Auburn folks. Is uh, is Brian Harson has bought into uh, name, image, and likeness or things like that? Well, if you're not. Uh, you're going to be completely swept away and left behind because that's the way it is from now on. Yeah, unfortunately, whether you you agree with it or you disagree with it, uh, it's it's here to stay. And uh, I think eventually the market will kind of regulate the name, image, and likeness stuff. I certainly believe there I should be so. some. Yeah, there should be some guardrails there. To it's not supposed to be used as an inducement. Um, you know, uh, we all know that that's taking place. We all know that that's been taking place, let's be honest. So it doesn't really change a lot of that dynamic, but it's happening out front uh, in front of everybody's eyes a little bit more now. Uh, but it is something that you, you, if you can't beat them, join them. Um, I look here in Gainesville. Like uh, one of the things that, that, that happened when Billy Napier um, came on is that, you know, he got Scott Strickland and the athletic department here to, to hire a bunch of different, folks in support roles and analyst roles something that alabama started and and georgia had been doing now we're seeing it a lot other schools you have to give your 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 coach the resources of hiring a a staff that uh has all of those different positions at their disposal so um you know i think that's that's something you have to embrace and you're going to have to embrace how you use name image and likeness to uh to help build your roster as well absolutely it it better be a, a prominent part of the plan. Chris, I really appreciate you um, rejoining us again today. It's it's, uh, it's been great talking with you. You do a great job. Let, let me say this. I love the. I will say this. the the entire The entire cast there at uh, the SCC Network, especially SCC Now, I just love it. Uh, I think you guys do a a tremendous job. I know I know a few of you guys pretty well, and looking forward to meeting you. I'll tell you what: next time you see Scott Strickland, tell him I said hello. I haven't seen him in a while because of COVID and not just playing the Gators as much. But uh, thanks so much for spending a little time with us here on the drive. Hopefully, we can do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. One, th- two things before I go. One, sure. um, you know, I I certainly uh, appreciate the kind words personally. That's not what the folks on Twitter tell me when I get off the air on Saturday night. So thank you for for giving me a little positive feedback. And secondly, I miss that Florida Auburn rivalry. Oh, yeah. Growing up here in Gainesville, mm-hmm. loved watching Auburn come to town. Loved the Battle of the Orange and Blue, and I loved well, probably my favorite stadium to, in the in the conference to go play in outside of the swamp was taking that trip to Jordan Hare every year, every other year. So I. I I, want to get that one back on the schedule a little more frequently. Chris Doring from the SEC Network, who joined us yesterday. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate him spending a little time with us. Great insight there. Get some good stuff on Ike Hilliard and, of course, the SEC.
spring practice getting started next week around the league. Auburn, it'll be week after next. All right, we have a half an hour to go. We'll open the phone lines back up. Love for you to join in as we head into the final 30 minutes of the Friday Drive. The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Friday Drive. Bill and Drew here in the Wild Business Studio. Dan will be back Monday. It'll be another short week for him, though, because uh, they've got the conference tournament coming up next week down in Pensacola. So he'll be here Monday and Tuesday. Brian Matthews will be in Monday. We'll look back at the weekend, including the huge matchup in Knoxville coming up tomorrow. And uh, who better than to spend a little time with than, of course, Auburn's great color analyst hall of famer who has his you know uh banner now hanging there at auburn arena then coach sonny smith and yes we got the opportunity to spend a little time with him talking about the tigers as they get ready for that trip up to knoxville welcome back into the drive here on this thursday afternoon bill justin ferguson from the auburn observer here in the wild business studio is dan is in the carolinas i believe he's in boone for troy and app state women's basketball this evening he'll be back on monday at least that's what he said um so so we'll we'll see if we can get by until then but right now uh it's one of our fun times of the week as we are pleased to welcome in once again um hall of fame coach and and as entertaining an analyst as you're ever going to find and that is the one and only coach sonny smith sonny how you doing today i'm good hope you guys are Man, we're we're doing fine. Another uh, another good show last night at Auburn Arena, as uh, Auburn looks like they're looks like they're slowly coming out of the shooting slump. But um, we got Zepp Jasper on next hour. We have him every Thursday at five thirty. What a great day to be talking to Zepp, who uh, who finally decided to take more than a shot or two and and showed why he was nearly a forty percent three point shooter at the College of Charleston a year ago. He has a good-looking shot. He's mm-hmm. got the athletic ability to get open. And uh, and quick as he starts looking at the basket a little bit more, I think we can we possibly could add like a fourth uh, double-figure score. You know, he's capable of that, I think. And it's not that he can't do it. I think he's such a team guy that uh, he doesn't look for shots a lot of times. But I... It doesn't bother me when he takes one, I'll tell you that. No, I mean, he, he really looks – I mean, that is a good-looking shot. And, and, yes, he's always deferred. He's been a defense-first type yeah. guy. And, uh, you know, folks might not realize he was the leading scorer on his team a year ago. He had 38 in a game last year for the College of Charleston. And uh, that it's great to have another weapon. Ole Miss sure didn't respect him last night. Yeah, sure didn't. And I think you're going to finally do that. You know – 
the thing about it, though, you start going through your scouting report and you play a team like Auburn, you aren't going to get ready for five guys because of the uh, know, two days to get ready for the game or whatever, you know, in between the game you just played or the game you're playing. And you're not uh, the way you look at J- uh, as at his, his Jasper's scoring, and you say, "Well, we don't have to get ready for him." Well, if you look back, what he's capable of doing, you certainly would get ready for him. But it's, uh, it, I'd say the scouting report says uh, would be totally wrong when it comes to him because I think he could be a double figure scorer for us. And um, you know, it, it's really important. It's good for him to step up because. I mean, KD, as hard as he's playing, he's he's struggling finding, uh, you know, finding his shot right now. Yeah, and and you look at uh, you look at KD, and you say, well, he's going to fight his way through this. Well, what teams are doing now, he he usually gets a, sh- uh, a lot of his shots off the dribble. He'll look them off, and then he'll take off on the dribble towards the baseline or towards the middle, more so towards the baseline. And I think probably the fact that he does the same thing every time has made it a little bit easier to set up scouting reports to keep him from getting shots. But the thing that I've been impressed with him is when he doesn't have the shots, uh, he has been passing the ball really well. And now he's going. Sometimes he's just going to take it and go to the goal as hard as he can. But almost, oh, I'd say over fifty to sixty percent of the time, something good happens. He either gets fouled, he gets it, uh, a pass off to somebody that can score. And he, even and the thing that, Seth, that jumps out at me about him is even when he's not scoring, he really works hard on defense, KD does. And another guy who does that when, he, when he's not scoring is, is Alan Flanagan. And I, I'm interested to hear what you think about Alan and his offense right now because it's very obvious that there's he's frustrated uh, you know, with the ball yeah. in his hands at times, but do you think he's yeah. he's capable of breaking out of this? And 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 what are, what are you seeing from him right now? Well, if we're going if we're going to go as far as people were predicting and think that we can go, mm-hmm. I think he has to turn into be the old Allen Flanagan to a certain degree. He's got to get nine or ten points and and play solid defense and rebound the way he does. Uh, I I think that all can come back. I think he's worried about it so much now, and, and uh, it, it, he's just got to put put the past behind him and the injury behind him, and just go do it. Because I think he's fully, I think he's well now. But we might not know, you know, if he's still in pain or that type of thing. But I think he's fully capable of nine or ten points every time out if he wants to. Well, I mean, you see him warming up, and then a couple of times during the ball game. Uh, he, he's definitely got um, he, he's definitely got the athletic ability. I mean, you see him get up over the rim, way up over the rim, a couple of times. It's just he he seems to be trying to hurry some of his shots, Sonny. I mean, you know how that is at times when when you're not going well, you want to go ahead and do it before you make a mistake and you rush it. I mean, he, he had that uh, you know layup last night that made a great move uh, to get yeah, to the goal real. and just put it up a little too hard. Yeah. But the thing about it, I, I, I think at one time he was the kind of kid that pro scouts are going to come and look at because he got the body size and he had the quickness and he's certainly that strong. And, uh, I think he's, 
he feels like he's got to look at the goal a little bit to get back where he was. And I don't think that uh, Coach Pearl would hold him back in that type of thing if he wanted to take shots. And I, I really believe with his athletic ability, these things are going to start falling for it. One of these nights, he's going to win a game for us. Uh, and he wins a game for you every time he guards a guy. I mean, he, he hardly ever mm-hmm. really makes serious mistakes defensively. And he, he, he really works hard at it, and he's a very, very good rebounder for a perimeter player. A lot of interesting things from the game last night. Jabari didn't have his best offensive game, but I, I thought he he worked as hard or harder than I'd seen him defensively. Nine rebounds. Um, I, I didn't realize it until Justin mentioned he led the team in assists with five. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to do. He's going to play hard every night. He's going to guard. He's going to get. He's going to go to the board. He's going to bring the ball up and not lose it. And uh, uh, I, I thought I've often thought maybe he ought to ask for the ball more. But I swear, you know, he doesn't. He looks like he's totally satisfied with the number of touches that he gets. I don't. Th- I never seen him let his head drop down or anything. It makes you look like, well, I'm not getting the ball. Well, he's the one guy, when they start the scouting reports, he's the one guy that's going to look to not have the ball. He's got to understand that he may have to work a little hard to get open, or, or he may, instead of looking to pass first, he may have to shoot more. But right now, we don't need anybody to change the way we're playing. Everybody's playing, doing their role the way they need to, and, and we're getting good offensive production. You know, you look at our stats, they're not great from three-point range, and uh, somebody might step up and make that a little bit more, but uh, they're they're still good enough to win the way we're playing. I wanted to ask you about one particular play from last night because you, sitting where you sit during the game, you'd had a perfect angle on it, but Wendell Green Jr.'s the half-court bounce pass to Devin in transition. The, you know, the overhead... Two hands. Overhead. Yeah. Takes yeah. it down behind his head. Yeah. Takes it down behind his head and hammers it. Yeah. Kind of a hammer pass. Yeah. How, hey, how, how, how have you ever seen a pass like that? Or like, have you ever well, seen guys pull that off? I saw him laying flat on his back and make the same pass. You, you oh, that's the true. That's true. That. But that's the only way he could have made that one. And KD sort of made one yeah. like that back to yeah. Wendell. Yeah. And it's like, have they been yeah. working on those kind of passes? Because I, 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 I'm not familiar with those. But they worked. Wendell, Wendell Green is really a, a talented player. I think if if he were asked and, and uh, to take more shots, I think he, he I think he would, and I think he would make more. I think he's playing his role exactly right now the way Coach Burrow wants him to play. But I think he's still capable of one of those nights where we we're all going to look back and miss him. Man, look what he did! Yeah, and he's that kind of player. He's a very confident player. I didn't. Uh, I, I, I started watching him a little more after I see some of the plays that he makes. He's a very confident player, and you got to have one. And he's he is not a point guard, but he can play the point, and he's doing a great job of it. Well, he's more like a second guard with that shooting ability. He is. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, well, quite a challenge again, man. I tell you what, the 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 back end of the schedule has had some challenges, and they're on the road and. And here's one coming up. Bruce Pearl has has a great record uh, against Tennessee. This is uh, this is a ten. I mean, it's recently, especially, but I mean, this is a Tennessee team 
that has been so good at home. It's going to present uh, quite some challenges. I, I would guess, Sonny, Auburn's, uh, um, they're, they're not going to be shocked about how, you know, how wild and electric the atmosphere is, you know, having, no. having been on the road here recently and going to places like Arkansas and earlier in Tuscaloosa and down in Gainesville. Well, you you can bet that place is going to be filled. When we pulled up for, uh, with a, in a bus to go to practice there a couple of years ago, this 100 people or more waiting for the uh, see Bruce step off <laughs> to go in. <laughs> so they're, they're going to be coming to see Bruce Pearl. Uh, so that you're not going to find many empty seats. And then that's going to make it a very difficult place to play. The home court advantage is definitely good for Tennessee there. And they're coached very well. Uh, you look at their stats and you say, I don't know how they won this many. Like they got two guys in double figures. De- I think. Defense. Yeah, and they win it with the defense. I'd say you're right. Yeah, they've. Uh, they're going to be another team that uh, the, the backcourt for Auburn is going to need to play well. Yeah, no question about that. I, I I think that's a must for us every game. I say if our if our perimeter players play, I think we're going to win every time. And uh, and I'm talking about as a unit. If they play, I think we're going to win. And I think when we're going to get beat is when the the perimeter scoring is just not there. Uh, but we've been able to win without great perimeter shooting in a couple of games this year already. So uh, we're winning because of our defense and because of our rebounding. We re rebound, and when you have a guy protecting the goal the way our guy does, and you don't just give one guy the credit for that. You got other guys that block shots and 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 make shots that uh, are not good shots when they release them. Uh, it's uh, this team wins. You say, well, how's Auburn win all these games? Well, you start naming three or four things. It's mm-hmm. not just offense. It's a lot of different things. No, we have They can any- carry the basketball as fast as they play. Some We never give them credit for it. We say, well, we turn that ball over so many times. Well, when you play as fast as we do, you're going to turn it over. So. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, the number of possessions that Auburn has, and when they're yeah. playing well – uh, yeah, they may turn it over a dozen times, but a dozen times in as many possessions as they have is very impressive. Yeah, we barely touched on Walker, who uh, who Bruce says wants him to do more. I mean, he is he is a phenomenal shot blocker. He really is. And he really is. And I I know I'm looking through orange and blue glasses, Sonny, but does Walker get more questionable, barely touch call fouls against him than? Than uh, than most players that you see last night. No. that one trip call. I mean, oh, man. there was nothing. It seems like he gets one or no. two of those every game. I I think that uh, I, I he think can't that, hide. The, He's so big. I guess is what it is. Yeah, I think what it is is uh, he blocks so many shots. And he gets up so much, and the coaches complain uh, that that's playing against him all the time. Well, he fouled on that play, or that's goaltending and all that stuff. So. I think there might be an extra viewpoint, uh, an extra eye a little bit on on Walker. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think instead of waiting until the call happens, I, I think they got the gun cocked a little bit before it happens. Yeah, and he, they, they're trying to say, well, he he, he fouled on that. Well, very rarely does he foul body-wise. He doesn't hammer anybody. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll get off balance occasionally and foul, but I don't think he does it very much. 
Yeah, and he, and he is uh, he's getting a little more confident offensively. He he makes a play or two every game where you go, wow, I didn't know he could do that. Yeah, I I, I was just hoping he'd ask for the ball more. He, mm-hmm. And I, I, maybe he is asking for the ball more. I think when he does, he's fully capable of scoring. You know, I said something about he faced up every time he got the ball. He's been wheeling, playing yeah. with his back to the basket, wheeling and going around guys. And that that adds another flavor to what things he can do. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, it it that whole bunch. I mean, this is a fun fun team to watch, and and it is so fun to uh, to listen to you and Andy Andy call. Hey, it's fun when you're when you're uh, broadcasting a really really good team, isn't it? Well, as you don't have to make up anything, you just <laughs> <laughs> go with the flow, have fun because they are. Yeah, no it's, kidding. Uh, yeah, it's this is a good basketball team. It's a great basketball team to watch, and but uh, they're they're going to have problems on the night that the perimeter people don't shoot. Yeah, and then uh, that's just something we got to deal with, and we're going to deal with it more on the road than we do at home for sure. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, Auburn can man. If Auburn can come away with a win, then uh, they they can go ahead and uh, get the stitching ready for the uh, for the regular season title. Yeah, I hope I hope we keep it up. Uh, I notice Tennessee only has two scores in double figures. I hope mm-hmm. we go in there and only one of them in double figures would be all right. Yeah, that that would be great. Sonny, uh, ha- have a great trip. Looking forward to the broadcast. Uh, great talking to you again, and and looking forward to talking again next week. Oh, thank thanks thanks for having me on, fellas. I enjoy it always. A- absolutely. So not nearly as much as we do. I can tell you that mm-hmm. the the, uh, the great Sonny Smith joining us here on the Thursday Drive. We'll get to our final break of our number one uh then we'll take some more phone calls 334-321-13 let's get back to the drive the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com and on fox sports central alabama at 98.3 fm in birmingham and silicaga to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Friday Drive. Bill and Drew again. Dan will be back Monday. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com will be in Monday as well. And, and hey, this, speaking of AuburnSports.com, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm not sure if JG was listening or anything, but, uh, you know, the man, the, uh, uh, they're, they're at, at, well, one of the men, but I mean, no, he's the man. JG, um, posting a little while ago, and, and I, I had mentioned these guys. I believe in hour number one, just uh, about a couple of players that had been reported or were in the transfer portal and questions about them. Well, J.G. clarifying things a little bit. Uh, according to his report, um, at around 10 after, Javarius Johnson is now planning to play at Auburn this coming season, expected to be back with a team practice it, working out, Monday as they get ready for the start of spring ball on March the 14th. That is a big get for Auburn to to get Javarius Johnson back. That gives Auburn, you know, another proven commodity there at receiver. I would say the addition of Ike Hilliard probably has helped out there as well. So I, I really like that. Uh, I, I like I like JJ looking looking forward to seeing his growth under Ike Hilliard and with the offense. So, uh, so that, that is a big 
returnee. And I mentioned Marquise Robinson, the defensive lineman. Uh, JG writing that, uh, that he is in school, as we had said, that, you know, we'd heard he was. Uh, but uh, apparently he's still unsure what to do. We told you, you know, it was reported that he was going to, to Missouri, and I believe he was accepted in school there. Uh, Tennessee thought they were going to get him. So we'll still have to wait and see what Marquise Robinson does. But it's not bad news for Auburn that he is in stu- that he's still in school here. Now Jimmy Brumbaugh can try to work on him. So uh, so th- that's nice. A little, uh, couple of football tidbits there. And, and uh, yeah, cred to... Uh, to J.G. Tate for getting that after we were just wondering about those guys. We're talking about them an hour ago. Auburn, Tennessee tomorrow, the the big game. Tigers looking to win their seventh straight against the Vols. Of course, we'll talk about that and much more on Monday with Brian Matthews. Dan and I back here with you then. But we're out of time for the Friday edition of The Drive. Have a great weekend, everybody. We are out of here.